So equanimity is, is a word that you don't really hear unless you attend a kind of Dharma retreat or Dharma group. And so it's a, it's a, I don't even know where the history of it is and where it came from. Another word we would use would be equipoise or equanimity. But probably in the most simple way, it, it, we would call it balance. How do we stay balanced? How do we stay even keeled? And even in balance doesn't mean, some, this is balance. We just don't want to topple over is really what we want to try to do. So there is, um, there is a side of equanimity that is more of the wisdom side, of kind of understanding, uh, which is kind of the mindfulness side of practice. As I mentioned last night, it is the seventh factor of awakening. And it's a, it's a perspective on, on the moment, on experience, on life, both moment to moment and actually from a global perspective of this both and. It's also associated in... Uh, Dharma teaching as what we would call right view or complete perspective, which is the, really the first path factor of the Eightfold Path. Is can, we, can we hold a perspective in our minds where we can see the reality of polarity? We can see that life is a combination. There's pleasure and there's pain. Um, there's gain and there's loss. You know, there's uh, beauty and tragedy. There's joy and there's sorrow. All these kind of sets and the thing about it, too, is that equanimity is not in the middle of that. It's not an indifferent kind of centrist where we're just going to play it stay safe and be in the middle. It's actually above and beyond all of it and can see it all and can look down at it and see it for what it is and say, like, yes, this is, this is what we're dealing with here. Right. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of a complete uh, samaditi, complete perspective. It's a, it's a whole perspective. And we say this too, like in, in colloquial senses, like when somebody's getting upset with something, we can say to them, oh, you need to see the bigger picture here. Right? Can you see the big picture? No, we, we actually don't usually see the big picture. We see the little tiny picture of how things aren't working out for me right now in this particular moment. And then we develop a worldview and, and, and everything based on that. And we, so it's a kind of a zoom out, it's kind of a panoramic and equanimity and an evenness being able to hold multiple complexities at the same time. Right? Not easy to do. So mindfulness uh, and equanimity are very, very much related. So mindfulness is, is, is the beginning of the tree leaning in that better direction. Right? So, so we, we have equanimity. Sometimes we have to have equanimity with our lack thereof. Have equanimity with the fact that I have it none right now. And then there's the uh, heart side of equanimity, which is the behavioral side or the, the ethical side or the, the emotional side, emotional balance, being balanced emotionally. Emotional intelligence is really all about equanimity. And it's being able to, to, to hold the difficult feelings that we have, sadness, overwhelm, anger, resentment. How do we hold those emotional experiences? Well, typically we don't. Um, it's different. It's not, we're not holding on. There's a big difference between holding on and holding. Right? So we got to have that, that open fist kind of experience. And so, as I mentioned the other day, it, 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 the thing about it too is the equanimity, it doesn't just have one face. It has many faces. The kind of equanimity we would have in one experience, for, there might be as many kinds of equanimity as there is situations in which you find yourself. So it's a very fluid experience. Right? 
you know, the kind of equanimity you have at a loved one's funeral would be a different kind of equanimity that you would have when you win the lottery. It's still equanimity is there to balance those things. But the question in the mindfulness side of it is, is what is it balancing right now? What needs to be balanced right now? And so then the mindfulness comes in and tries to, re- with recognition and clarity, and say, well, you're really upset about this, and there's lots of anger, and there's this, and, and what, 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 what's going to help me balance that? What kindness will help me balance that? If it's really difficult, hard experience, compassion will balance that out. All right, so when, when we're in difficult, distressing experiences, we, don't, we wouldn't bring gratitude to that. That wouldn't make any sense. All right, so, we, so we have to get a sense of what is the appropriate response. So a lot of times that's really what the heart side of equanimity is, is trying to discern what might be an appropriate response to the situation that I find myself in. And you know, you don't always always get it right and you often won't. And so the other thing to look at that I mentioned before, the other heart practices, like all of them, equanimity does have um, near and far enemies. And so sometimes things can masquerade as equanimity that aren't equanimity. And the one, the big one, the most obvious one that we have to watch out for is being indifferent. It's not that I have equanimity, it's that I just really don't care. And, and this is kind of the big thing. To, many, many of famous Buddhist teachers oftentimes have this air or this quality of, oh, seeming so equanimous as something, nothing bothers them. And, totally not thrown off balance, and it's actually they just, they're very cold. We see this, people like that, it's like they're very, they seem very stoic, but they're not really that stoic, they just really don't care. Right? And so, and then, and then people, some people get, you know, who are, the, the far enemy of equanimity is reactivity. And so the people with the reactivity get the harder time from others in the world uh, because they, the people with the indifference have this kind of ability to trick or to kind of seem as though they're just so zen. We say that word, oh, he's so zen. It's like, maybe he's not so zen. Maybe he just don't care <laughs> about anything. <laughs> but, so we can slip into that. And, and that can also, in, in the times that we live in now, can be very, very common. It can be an indifference. It can be kind of a numbing out, an apathy, even a cynicism, kind of being cynical about things is kind of um, not really the point. It's more, it's too perspective-based. There's not a lot of heart. There's not a, lot of, not, a, not a lot of feeling. So again, also, equanimity has this sweet spot of, of cool warmth. Right? Not cold. Not hot. So the, the cold... When equanimity becomes cold, it slides into indifference, apathy. This phrase that we use often, whatever. Right? That, when somebody says that, that's like the telltale sign of, that, <laughs> of the, near, the near enemy. Yeah, whatever, man. Right? And then the other side of that is sort of that, uh, again, that the, the, it's too hot, the reactivity. So we want to we want to have the non-attachment, which is really it's really hard to not be attached to expectations or outcomes or people's uh, behavior and our schedules and all of these things. It's really hard, and so uh, we try to be more non-attached, more cool. Which is actually an interesting word. 
uh, cool is a very, you know, is a very slang, probably the, the quintessential slang word in English dialect. And never gone out of style, have you noticed it? <laughs> All the way back to Arthur Fonzarelli, right up till now. <laughs> Cool is always cool, and it's interesting because actually the word cool, and also the, I'll talk about this tonight, is what Nibbana is. That the Buddha is really talking about cool mindedness. And so when you say somebody, you're like, oh, you got to meet my friend so and so, you really, you really like this girl, she's really cool. What are you saying is that she's very equanimous, easy to be around. People who are cool are people who are easy to be around. Don't you like, that? I love those people. When you're with them, it's just super easy because they don't have a lot of expectations, they're adaptive, they're flexible, they're kind, they're friendly, they're open, they're not attached, but they still care. Right? So that's the kind of thing we're looking for. So it's cool, but it's also warm. There's, a, there's an element of, of care, kindness. And it's like, so that's kind of what we're always trying to balance. We don't want to get, we don't want to dip into being too cold, we don't want to dip into being too reactive, and we kind of can find this balanced spot. And of course, as life continues to chuck, you know, confusing, disappointing, you know, if life is constantly trying to push you out of your equanimity zone, right? And in some clinical settings, they call it window of tolerance. What is our window of tolerance? And some of us have a pretty small window. And so a lot of times what you're developing on these retreats is really your, your window. I bet your window of tolerance towards body pain has improved in the last couple of days. After a while, you just give up. You're like, whatever, just hurt. Go ahead. Go ahead, left knee. Hurt all you want. I'm over it. I'm just over. Sometimes we get beat down, you know? It's just like, and again, it's like that kind of coolness of like, all right, whatever. You know? It's gonna, my knees are gonna hurt, I guess, when I go on retreat. But I remember years and years of being on retreat and and having pain here was like, oh man, unacceptable. And I'd be like, don't they know in the office? Don't these people know how uncomfortable these cushions are? (laughs) I mean, they just expect us to sit here all day, like, I mean, have they tried this? this is like, really? I'm going to write a note after this session. <laughs> Actually, let me think about that. Let me craft a note right now so I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> this is like, that doesn't take much to kind of slip into that experience. So there's cool, there's warmth. And it also, equanimity has the wisdom because in the wisdom side of equanimity, when the awareness is there and the intelligence is there and these awakening factors are kind of present, it, it, it knows what Brahma Vihara, it knows what heart quality to, to call to mind. It knows, okay, kindness would be helpful right now, or compassion would be helpful right now, external kindness or gratitude. It just sort of knows the responsiveness. In, in some senses, in some, in some translations, the word sila, which is usually translated as ethics, which is a big part of the practice, really means to be responsible, which means being able to respond. Am I able to respond to this moment in a way that's constructive? Or am I going to slip into reactivity habit patterns? Am I going to slide into what I normally do in situations that are similar to this one? So again, it's an ability, it's a skill, it's something that we are able to do. We're able to, to 
brings something to the table of the present moment experience that feels helpful, that feels sustainable. Doesn't mean that, again, we have to be very careful, doesn't mean that whatever is difficult is going to go away. So we, a lot of times we kind of backstage, we make this little deal. Like, all right, well, I mean, I'll be aquanimous, but the leg pain really needs to go. And we make these kind of implicit agreements with reality. Reality doesn't shake back. So, um, the other way that equanimity is taught is um, one of the perspectives is that uh, our happiness um, and our freedom and our liberation and all meaning, all the things that we sort of want, whatever you want to call that, is not dependent upon our wishes but on our actions. So that really puts us back into the neighborhood of, of, of responsibility. So my happiness, I'm not going to get where I want to be in life by simply wanting that. So it's not based on my wishes. It's based on my actions. So in many ways, you know, Dharma or Buddhism even for that matter, this is not a belief system, this is a behavioral system. So we're not trying to, we're not, we're not trying to get into the tricky business of believing that things, certain things are true or not true, which is largely what faith and religious systems are in the business of. Um, we're trying to figure out what works. Right? And what works for me in one situation, what works for you might be different things, and which one is true. It's like, well, they're both true. So we want to get out of that kind of business of people say, well, people ask me all the time, well, what, do, what does Buddhism say about, uh, you know, this topic? Or what does Buddhism say about social justice? Or what does Buddhism say about the environment? What is, I'm like, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you because. It, 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 we're not making claims about how things are or what should be done. It's not, there's no list of rules. Right? So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ethics of situation, which makes it really, really complicated, right? What, what, could, be, what could be skillful in, in, the, in the very unique context of the situation that I'm in? It's a very situational responsibility. Right? So, so it's really adaptive. And that, that's a word I think that doesn't get used much. It is actually listed amongst one of the beautiful mental factors as a rectitude of mind. But really what that means is adaptability. Right? And also, also, like if you look in, in the secular world, Daniel Goleman's work on emotional intelligence, he has 12 emotional intelligence competencies. And one of the ones that gets highlighted is adaptive. It means that we're able to work toward, towards the goals. We're able to work towards the things in our life that we want, but we're able to easily adjust how we get there. It's really hard, especially if you have a if you're a calculated person with an agenda and a to do list. You're probably how adaptive is your to do list? Like, well, I guess I'll cross that one out. <laughs> no, I know people who have to do lists. I don't. I'm not a to do list person, thankfully. But sometimes, for those of you who are, you're pretty pretty dug into that list, aren't you? Right. Yeah. So, so, so that that adaptability. So being and, and so and you've been doing it for days now. You know, you're trying to adapt to the pain, the discomfort in the body, the heat in the room, the wandering in the mind. You're like, okay, we're, we're and, and as human beings, one thing we have to realize is we are actually very adaptive. We're mostly, unfortunately, in the clinical world, maladaptive, because we adapt in ways that are, you know, maladaptive behaviors are behaviors that don't really, like a drug addiction is a maladaptive behavior, right? There's lots of them. 
And so we, we don't want to be maladaptive. That's what happens is when we can't adapt in a skillful way, when we can't adapt appropriately, we develop these maladaptive strategies. But we are, I mean, by, by design, I mean, look at the world, go back and look at the world a thousand years ago. How much have we, have we adapted in a thousand years? Sometimes I look at the world and I look at people and I think about my own mind. I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe that fan works right now. I can't believe when I turned the switch, the light came on. Somebody made, somebody figured that out. It's like, we get, you know, and of course we get so derogatory about the modern world and, world and technology, but we have really adapted to this planet in pretty profound ways. Some of them good, some of them not so good. I like a house, you know. And so we, 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 do, we do adapt, so we just want to make sure that our adaptability is more of a constructive nature, more discerning. So it's a, it's a, uh, there's, a, there's a number of ways to teach this practice. There's the heart side of it, there's the wisdom side of it, so I'm a little bit uncertain to see which way I'll go today. But I, um, it's a little bit hard of an instruction, so I'll probably offer light instructions. You guys have gotten probably quite a lot of instructions since you've been here. But part of it is really trying to see if you can develop this perspective towards experience that really, really is a both and. Because you know? even right now, I have both pleasure and pain in my body. Do you? I have some tension and some tightness and some pain that's maybe like a number three, not so bad. But actually the fans feel... So it's like even, even the whole Vedna thing, like if we look, there's, there's a whole range of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral going on all the time right now. It's just like, so it's not, it's not like one moment, one Vedna. There's a, so how do we adapt to our... Really the word I think of, about, when we think of the word experience, it's environment. Mindfulness is kind of an environmental awareness that includes the environment that we're in physically, the internal environment of our psychological, emotional experience, the kind of back and forth between those. And so a lot of times we're really just trying to moment to moment adapt to experience, which is um, not the way that we think about the past. A lot of times we think about meditation as sort of this dry monitoring, kind of just watching, watching arising and passing, watching phenomena come and go as if that were possible. Right? But there's, a, there's an active participation. Right? You know, giving, receiving, rising, falling, taking, giving, and kind of being in that way that's, that feels sustainable, that we have some capacity you know, without getting overwhelmed, without, like, you know, without wanting to tap out or without, I can't do this. So we'll do a practice of kind of trying to maintain that perspective. And I'll just kind of offer prompts and you can kind of see what would be appropriate right now and using a combination of really of everything we've done so far so we'll have a little bit more time so you can um, take a moment to stretch or stand or let your body adjust however you like